Thanks for listening to the Word Alive podcast. We hope you enjoy this teaching. For more resources, please download our app by typing WAIO in your Play Store. Great to see so many of you out to worship the Lord with us this morning. We've got to, as we continue the rest of this service, the remaining few moments, we'll be jumping into the word that we believe the Lord's releasing to us in 2018. I saw a tweet. I don't know if you follow Andy Stanley. He uh, pastors a, a small church over in Atlanta. And uh, about 40,000 people, I think they have. And uh, he put out a post I thought it was so funny with a picture of Georgia's football emblem on it. He said, you remember last week when you were during this game that you told the Lord that if you'd let Georgia win, I'd be at church next Sunday morning? <laughs> I think some people made a promise about the football or something. We got a lot of people here, here this morning about the uh, big game coming up tomorrow. We're excited that you're here today. We've got a great series planned. Uh, rest on every side and we believe it's a word from the Lord and uh, we're excited about moving into 2018 with rest. Won't you touch two or three or four people and say get ready we're about to enter to a place called rest. Tell them we're about to enter to a place called rest. Check out this video then I'll share the word with you. I have seen the pace of your life. The stress the anxiety, the constant movement, rushing from one place to the next, chasing after your desires, or running from your fears. I see how you struggle, striving to meet your needs all on your own. I see the burdens placed upon you and the burdens you place upon yourself. In the midst of this chaos and hurry, I am calling out to you to slow down. Be still and know that I am God. It is I who set the earth in motion. It is I who sustains you, protects you, and provides for your needs. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Trust in me with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid, for I will never leave you. Let your soul find rest in me, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. For neither death nor life, the present nor the future, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate you from my love. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. Amen. Three months ago, I guess it was, I was meditating on the scriptures, and I 
And by the way, if you, uh, I know this is, we, we track with the Hebraic year, but it's a great idea to start. If you're not reading the scriptures, there's a lot of Bible plans that if you'll go ahead and start now, you can read through the Bible in a year, taking about 15 minutes a day. Actually, our app has one to offer, <clears throat> excuse me, which will take you through the Hebraic thought, keep you tracking with the Hebraic thought as you read through the Bible in a year. It's a great achievement to have said, I've read the whole Bible cover to cover. And uh, if you go ahead and start now, you can catch up in just a few days, and it just takes about 15 minutes a day and can engage in the Scriptures. I want to encourage you as we journey together in 2018, engage in the Scriptures with me. Uh, so I, I, I by no means would, would want you to think I have all the answers. Uh, I have actually more questions than answers. And, but I do know God's Word enough to know if we discuss things together, if we dig into God's Word together, we find our own answers. That's why the Bible says work out your own salvation, right, with fear and trembling. And so I want you to engage with me this year, if you will. So once I share a word, even today, I don't have the total conclusion of the matter about what I want to talk to you about today, but I've got some thoughts that will get us started. And once you, you, you take my thoughts, you put your thoughts with it, and you start your journey, we will wind up at a very good place in just a very short period of time as we seek God and he allows us to enter this place called rest. Interesting enough, as we're talking about rest, most people this time of year, we're really trying to jump into a lot of things to get the year started, but we felt like the Lord was instructing us the starting place is a place called rest. In Genesis, when God created the earth, it says man's first day on the earth was a day of rest. And so touch two or three people say, you don't have to wait to rest, we're going to start today resting. Tell us, touch two or three people, we're going to start resting today. So to get us on this journey, three months ago, I was reading the scriptures, and I read this particular scripture, and it's Deuteronomy 12, 8 through 10. Here's what it says. You shall not all do as we are doing here today, every man doing whatever is right in his own eyes, for as yet you have not come to the rest and the inheritance which the Lord your God has given you. But when you cross over the Jordan and dwell in the land which the Lord your God has given you to inherit, then he will give you rest from all your enemies round about so that you dwell in safety. Rest all around. That's a big promise. I've had rest on some sides, but I can't, I can't determine a time in the life where I had rest on every side. Health, rest in health, rest in relationships, rest in finance, rest in work, rest in career, rest in ministry. I can't determine a time I've ever had that kind of rest, yet God is talking to us about that kind of dominion rest, if you will. Now, I'm not talking about a rest like a Sabbath rest or a pause or a vacation or a reprieve to where you jump out of the fray then jump back in it. I'm talking about a place that God gives you rest along the way, yes, as Sabbath rest and reprieves, but then there's a place called dominion rest where you have fought the fight, you have won the war, you have fought the battles, and now you are in a place of inheritance where you are living in a dominion rest with God in the earth. And that's a big promise. And so as I was meditating on this, I felt like the Lord was, um, you know, really encouraged me along these lines. And I always love a confirmation or an affirmation. Can I have just a little more light, please? Sorry, I, I just feel like I can't see my friends. I know it's not good for t television. Light the front row a little bit. I want to know if they're enemies or foes or friends here. <laughs> now then, I've got you. That's more like a thank you. I can see who's, <laughs> I like to see who's close to me at all times. That's a, I'll just teach them. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, and so I, I'm always looking for an affirmation or a confirmation, you know. I just want to get up here and spurt something out to you. And so we're in uh, uh, prayer here, our weekly prayer meeting as staff. 
And I'd read that scripture, Deuteronomy 12, and a young man, you saw his testimony last week, Chris Way, this was kind of out of character for him, said, hey, I just feel like I'm supposed to read a scripture over you, over the staff, and over our church, and I'm supposed to read it out loud. I said, fine. Gave him the mic, and he opened up to Deuteronomy 12 and read that exact scripture about rest on every side. And so I knew that that was an affirmation or a confirmation, if you will, of God wanting to give us rest on every side. And so I begin to study the scriptures and look at it. And let me share a few with you as we get started this morning along these lines. 1 Kings 5, 4. But now the Lord my God has given me rest on every side. Somebody say it out loud. Rest on every side. There is neither adversary nor evil occurrence. What a great promise. Rest on every side. There is no adversary or evil occurrence. Look at the next one with me. This is powerful, Joshua 21. So the Lord gave to Israel all the land of which he had sworn to give to their fathers, and they took possession of it and dwelt in it. The Lord gave them rest all around, according to all that he had sworn to their fathers, and not a man of all their enemies stood against them. The Lord delivered all their enemies into their hand, not a word failed of any good thing which the Lord had spoken to the house of Israel, all came to pass. Now that's a powerful promise. Not only rest from your enemies, but everything God had promised with his mouth actually came to pass. And so when I begin to look at this and realize I'm seeing this rest is somehow tied to God's promises, to inheritance, to possessing the land. And so God, I believe we, over the last 10 years, I believe we as a church and you as individuals, we fought some battles together. We fought some spiritual battles over our families. We fought some spiritual battles, battles over our church, over our ministry, over our lives. But I got good news. On the other side of these battles, there's a reward. And that reward is God promises rest on every side. Won't you touch about four or five people and say, I'm talking about rest on every side. Tell them, I'm talking about rest on every side. Touch somebody behind you. Don't forget them either. Just reach back and give him a pap. There you go. That is good news, isn't it? And I love that part. It says, not one word failed that God had promised. And I know there's some people in here, God's given you some promises. God's told you he's going to do some things in your life, do some things for you and in you and through you. I'm here to prophesy to somebody, not one word of that's going to fail. Everything God has said. God is not a man that he can lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. If he said it, he's going to do it. Let me give you one more. 1 Kings 8, 56. Blessed be the Lord who has given rest to his people Israel according to all that he promised. There has not failed one word of all his good promise, which he promised through his servant Moses. There again, promise, inheritance, rest, all tied together. So I got to thinking about this, and I thought, that's a big old promise. And so, Lord, I need some assurance that this is a promise, that it's not just a promise for me, or it's just not a, just a random thing, but it's a promise for all of us. Because this is a, it's a, you know, you get up here talking about this kind of promise, this is a big promise. And so I went to Hebrews 4, and it just blew my mind when I read it for the first time in this light. It says, therefore, since a promise, somebody say promise. Since a promise remains. See that? In other words, that promise is still as real today as it was 2,000 years ago when they crossed over the Jordan River. It's as real today as it's ever been. There is a promise that's remaining still for you and I. It says, a promise remains of entering in his rest. Let us fear, 
lest any of you seem to have come short of it. For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. But the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those that heard it. God's saying there's a promise that still remains for you and I to enter this place called rest. It's actually the only place in the Bible where God says to fear. He said, be afraid unless you would not enter this place or this powerful promise called rest. And so we realize that the first step to enter in to this time or this season, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> come out, this thing, this place called rest is faith. Now, I could preach to you on faith and talk to you about faith, but this is not necessarily the kind of faith you probably are thinking of as far as like an overcoming faith or a faith to obtain something or a faith to achieve something. I'm not talking about that kind of faith today. I'm literally talking about not faith for something, but faith in something. Or maybe I should say faith in someone. See, I believe that there's so many Christians, including myself, that have not yet entered into this promise. My brother, Dan, said it so powerful. He said, I believe the promise, and I believe the promiser. But we've got to enter in. We've got to enter in. And we enter in to this finished work. It's already finished, it says. It actually says it was finished from the foundations of the world. But we have to enter in. And we enter in by faith. But not faith in ourselves or not faith in our actions or not even that kind of faith, but faith in God and what God has already accomplished in our lives. I'm convinced, and this is just my own journey in my own life, but I am convinced that the bottom line in this faith I'm talking about is there seems to be inside of me, and I believe most of us, we suffer from a deep, unresolved surrender to Jesus being in charge of the outcome. We have faith. We have faith in God. We have faith in His Word. But there's a deep, unresolved surrender to Jesus being in control of the outcome. Any control freaks in the house this morning? <laughs> I see everybody like. Why are we control freaks? It's not a bad thing, really. Because for me, and by the way, the only difference between me and you is I've got the mic. <laughs> so, because you could be telling your own story. If I'm in control, I quieten my fears. That's all I'm trying. A control freak's not wanting to be controlled, not wanting to control you for power necessarily. A control or a control person wants to control because we feel like if we're in control, we can quieten down our fears. If I can control my, my children, I'm not afraid for them. If I can control uh, 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 
somebody's spending or if I can control somebody's behavior, then this, this, this feeling is not a feeling of control we're looking for. It's a feeling of fearlessness that we really believe as long as we're in control, we're not afraid because we've got everything. But it's a false thing because I've got news for you. You ain't in control. Touch two or three people and say, I'm talking to you now. You ain't in control. Tell them. And, and there's this, um, do you remember that uh, game we used to play as kids, uh, uh, tag? And, 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 the, and the whole premise of the game was you didn't want to be it. How cool were the games we used to play, right? They don't, I mean, that's the way we got babysat. Go outside, come back at dark. There, were, there weren't no lot of safety precautions in our, in our growing up days. Was there yours? I mean, who, they built monkey bars 16 foot high over concrete slabs. They go hang on those. <laughs> For Christmas, got a box of sharp sticks called pickup sticks. I mean, like you can just put anybody's eye out at will. Nobody thought about that then. I mean, our, our seatbelts were... But you never, I mean, I didn't hear a lot of tra trauma back then. I mean, like we were getting along okay, weren't we? I mean, we would sleep in the back window. Like, hit the brakes, you wind up in the floorboard. I mean, it's like, oh, he's all right. He's tough. Now they strap you in like you're about to go on the space shuttle when you're a kid. You know, you're like, braces around their neck and head and her. I digress. But the concept was tag, you're it. And see, I think this unresolved surrender is like that. Society makes us believe if we're it, we're in control, we can live a peaceful, fearless life. But it's actually not true. The desire for a Christian is not to be it. It's to tag Jesus and say, you're it. I don't want to be it. And I think that's kind of where, where we are in this place of entering to this place of rest. Is allowing God today to bring us to this place of unresolved surrender on our, inside of us. That Jesus, not us, Jesus is in control of the outcome of our life. Not that I'm not going to pray and I'm not going to read the scriptures and I'm going to do my part and I'm going to believe God. Yes, but the outcome is beyond my control. My life is not my own. My life belongs to someone else and he is in control of the outcome of my life. If we can get to this place, if we can find the faith to step into this place of surrender, then I believe we can, we can begin to enjoy and move in this place called rest on every side. And I believe the key to this is found in an interesting scripture. Galatians 2 and 20 says this. I have been crucified with Christ. Now this is not something you hear preached a lot in churches these days. But this is the true gospel. I have been crucified with Christ. Most, most of the gospel we hear is Christ was crucified for you. And that is true, 
But also to be a true Christian or a follower of Christ means not just He was crucified for you, but you also are crucified with Him. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in this flesh, I live by I live by, I live by, I'll come over here. I live by, in, not me, not in circumstances, not even in the Word of God. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. The key here is to believe that God so loved you that he gave himself for you. That's what the cross was about. The cross was never about satisfying the wrath of God. The cross was about God demonstrating his love and to say that I'm so in love with you, I'm willing to suffer with you in the mess that you're in and actually die for you to prove that you can trust me with the outcome of your life, whatever that may be in the earth. Come on, somebody. I live by this kind of faith, the faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave me. I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. But the life I now live, I live in the flesh, but it's not me who lives, it's Christ who lives in me. Woo! This is where we want to get to. Christ who lives in me. I got this graph I came up with. Maybe it'll help you. Can we see that? There's actually two crosses in our lives, not just one. The first cross is the cross of Christ. And that's me and you, the little stick man. And most of you have experienced this. Most, most people in this room have experienced this. You've You've embraced the cross of Christ. You've, you've, you've believed that Christ died for you and that Christ loves you and that Christ paid for your sins and, 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 and salvation is through Christ. So we enter through the cross and man, what a glorious experience of transformation that is. And you see that you immediately soar. Right, because you're in a season of transformation. It's like the, what is it, the caterpillar coming out of the cocoon and now you're flying because you have, un, you have realized the transforming power of the Holy Spirit and now you're out of sin and out of bondage and out of darkness and you are and soaring up high. Kind of like a honeymoon with Jesus. But then you come to realize, oh, wait a minute. He didn't he saved me but he didn't he saved me for something not from something. And so now I realize, oh, wait a minute, I still got to live in the world, and I still got to live in the earth, and, I, and, and I'm still going to have circumstances, and, and I'm still going to suffer, and there's still going to be challenging moments in my life. And now what happens, we come off this high point, and we have, begin to have real high highs and real low lows. Right? When I first started with Jesus, every prayer I prayed, he answered. I mean, it's like I'd say it, boom, it would happen. I was like, this is going to be quite a lot. Right? I'd pray it, it happened. It was amazing. Then as I journeyed with Jesus, I started praying. 
And sometimes he quit answering. Now I'm like, hey, hold on here. But God starts, this is these high swings, right? And this is when God allows you to be challenged in our faith. This is when God allows you to be offended. This is when, this is when you were supposed to, you know, church was supposed to be like this euphoric place where everybody's perfect and everybody's Christians. You know, and, and then you realize, whoa, <laughs> this Christian thing, you know, it, it, it ain't what I thought it was. Why? Because we're people. So now you're like, I, didn't, I thought I'd get offended, but I didn't realize it'd be the preacher that offended me. You know, I, mean, I, I didn't, you know, and you start these big ups and big downs, and your faith is challenged, and, 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 and you pray, and sometimes God answers, but then you pray again, and he doesn't answer. And you start these big swings of emotion, and then you take a stand for Christ, and then you're persecuted for it, and, and then people say all kind of evil things about you, and, 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 and yet Jesus is telling you, turn the other cheek, and you're like, yeah, i got a cheek I'll show you, you know, but it ain't, you know, and, and it, it, it's these, right? But I got good news for you. If you never went through these times, you would never truly know who you are or who he is. It says, the, he says, these fiery trials that come upon you, they're so that your faith may be found genuine. It's one thing to trust God when he's answering every prayer you pray, but it's another thing to trust God when you're praying and he's not answering, but you're still trusting his goodness and his kindness and his mercy. This is like Job said something like this, though he slay me, I'll trust him. That's this. And so what happens over time, you begin to realize that you know how to be abased. You know how to bound. And God's allowing you these spikes and lows, real high highs, real low lows. And then he's using that in our maturation process to get us to this place of this promise I'm proposing to you today of rest. Because how do you know there's not a lot of rest in here? And so what happens is, as we journey on with the Lord, we get to this place where our faith and our desires begin to change. And we find ourselves not necessarily praying selfish prayers anymore. And we're not necessarily praying fearful prayers. Just think about how, how much of our prayers are selfish and fearful prayers. And what happens over time is, as we mature, you'll see, as we get closer to what I call the second cross, is those spikes get smaller and smaller and smaller, preparing us to embrace not Christ's cross, but your cross, my cross. We hear a lot about Christ's cross, but we don't hear a lot of preaching about our cross. And our cross is the one we pass through, the second cross, that I believe it's through this place of unabated surrender.
to God's will, to God's purpose, to God's plan, to God's in charge of the outcome, that we enter this place called rest. If you notice, that kind of looks like a heart monitor, doesn't it? And I've been in hospitals enough to know on the other side of the cross, when you flatline, you know I've never seen anybody in the hospital flatline that was angry. I've never seen anybody in the hospital that had flatlined that was offended. I'll be back over here in a minute. I've never seen anybody that's flatlined upset. I've never even seen anybody that's flatlined fearful. Why? They're flatlined. They're dead. This is the place where Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. You can't offend me anymore. Why? I'm dead. You can't hurt my feelings anymore. Why? I'm dead. You can't make me afraid anymore. Why? I'm dead. You can't push my buttons anymore. Why? I'm dead. You can't aggravate me anymore. Why? I'm dead. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, but the life I live in the flesh, it's no longer that I that lives, but Christ that lives within me. Push my button, you're not going to get anger, you're going to get Christ. Now, I understand right now in my journey, you're going to get a fist in Christ. But I'm saying eventually you'll just get Christ. Right? That's because you're still. But the true dominion rest is when you flatline in God and you're no longer moved. Come on now. You're no longer moved by things. Paul the Apostle in Acts 20 and 21, read about him. He gets to the end of his journey in ministry, and he says something ridiculous. We love prophecy around here, you know. And we, and we, and we, and we love prophetic encouragement, prophetic words. And here was the word Paul got everywhere he went. Every city, it says, every city I preached in, I get the same prophecy. It's recorded in the Scriptures. They say, every, every city, here's what they're prophesying. You're going to Jerusalem, and they're going to beat you. And you're going to wind up in jail. I'm like, wow, that's really, what an encouraging word, right? Every city, uh, Paul, see in the future, you, you're beat up and you're in jail. Well, praise the Lord. <laughs> then one prophet, I think Agabus was at his, Agabus comes along in the last prophet and actually takes his belt off, ties up his hands and puts them around his waist. And he says, actually, here's the way I see you, Paul. Not only are you being put in jail, but you're no longer leading yourself. You're no longer in charge of where you're going. Someone else is leading you. What a picture. You know what Paul's response was? He said, I'm not afraid to go to Jerusalem and die. I mean, I'm not afraid to go to Jerusalem and be beat. I'm, I'm ready to go to Jerusalem and die. Why? Here's what he said, because none of these things move me anymore. Woo, come on somebody. None of these things move me 
anymore. So that I might finish my course with joy and fulfill the ministry I've been given by the Lord Jesus Christ. This place of dominion breast is not that there won't be some circumstances around you anymore. It's just you won't be moved by them anymore. Well, why ain't he mad? He's dead. Why ain't he upset? He's dead. Why aren't you called out? Oh my God, our nation. He's dead. CNN don't move me. Fox don't move me. Trump don't move me. Wolf don't move me. Blitzer don't move me. Fox and friends don't move me. I'm not moved by these things anymore. Why? I am crucified with Christ to this world. Come on, somebody. Oh, I pray, I vote, but I'm not moved. We can't be moved. I shall not be. I shall not be moved. I shall not be, I shall not be moved. Somebody ought to write a song. I'm like a tree planted by the water. I shall not be moved. That's what this dominion rest looks like. People that cannot be moved because they have been crucified with Christ. Surrendered to the will of God. Surrendered to Christ being in charge of the outcome. Sound like you, I have faith and I pray, but I want to, I want to, like, sometimes I feel like the Lord needs my help. Like, Lord, if we did it this way, I'm, we'd get a better outcome, I'm sure. We're supposed to pray. We're supposed to believe, but we're not responsible for the outcome. We're supposed to believe so strong like Abraham. Even if I climb the mountain with the promise in my hand and kill it, God would even be able to raise it from the dead because I am not responsible for the outcome. When you get to that place and you enter that kind of rest, that's when great joy, great peace, What keeps us from that? This is a great question. What keeps us from this place of surrender? I think I have the answer. The fear of loss. The fear of loss. If I pass through this cross, what will it cost me? And what will I lose? And I think, I know this is true for me, that I've lived so much of my life in the fear of loss. That's why I want to control everything. Because there's a great fear of loss. What if I lose my health? What if I lose my family? 
What if I lose loved ones? What if I lose my reputation? What, what, what if I lose my money? What, you know, what if I lose my job? There's, there's, it's, it just hangs over us, the fear of loss. And so I was praying, meditating with the Lord of while just a few months back, and I was praying these prayers, and, I got, and they, I, it's like I had an awakening. I was like, oh, my God, all my prayers are so full of fear of loss. Even prayer for my children, prayer for my family, prayer for you, prayer for this church. It, it didn't, I realized they, these weren't faith-filled prayers. They were all prayers trying to preserve something. May I go ahead and tell you, prayer does not change the will of God. It just gives you the power to embrace it. Prayer's never been about God changing his mind. Prayer's about you changing your mind. Prayer was never designed to change God. It was designed to change us. And I'm praying all these, and I, and I realize, Kent, you're so full of the fear of loss. You know how the Lord is. He's always so right. He never asked me my opinion. <laughs> I was like, the Lord just came so cool. He's like, I got your answer. I was like, really? He said, oh, yeah, it's easy. I said, what is it, Lord? He said, oh, I told you. I made it very simple. If you lose your life, you'll actually find it. But if you try to save it, you'll actually lose it. And it hit me. How many people spend their whole lives trying to save it? And at the end of their life, they've spent their whole life trying to save it, and they've never enjoyed it because they didn't go ahead and lose it and let God be in charge of the outcome in their lives. So scripture, Luke 9 says, Then he said to them, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. For he, he goes on to say, he who tries to save his life will lose it. But he that loses his life will actually find it. And I promise you, on the other side of that cross, that second cross, the only thing you'll lose is what's been holding you back. That's the only thing you're going to lose. It's just trusting that God is good, that He loves you, that, he, that he, what, he, what, what in your life He wants the best for you and me, and trust Him totally with the outcome. Look at this in the message translation, and we'll, and we'll, we'll get going. He told them what they could expect for themselves. Anyone who intends to come with me has to let me lead. You're not in the driver's seat. Talk to, talk to two or three people and say, scoot over. <laughs> I saw a billboard recently that said, if Jesus is your co-pilot, change seats. <laughs> Don't run from suffering. See that? Don't run from suffering. Embrace it. Follow me and I'll show you how to suffer. You don't hear that preached very much. 
But the Lord wants to teach you how to suffer. Why? Because there's a difference between suffering and struggling. God never called you to struggle, but He did call you to suffer. Why? Suffering is refining. Suffering is powerful. Suffering is preparatory because whatsoever things you suffer in this season, you will be rewarded for it in the next season. It's, it's, suffering's not the same as struggling. If you're struggling financially, that means you don't have a way out. If you're suffering, that means you're temporarily disciplining yourself in an area so that you can have dominion rest on the other side of it. In other words, you might suffer right now under a budget and tithing and restrainment. But I promise you, if you will allow God to teach you how to suffer with Him, trusting Him with the outcome, you will get on the other side of that suffering season, which the Bible says is just for a little while. Come on, somebody. You will find yourself in a place of dominion rest because suffering is only to prepare you for the future. People in the gymnasium aren't struggling They're suffering because they know if they will suffer in this, they will have great rewards on the other side. Come on, somebody. Touch two people tell them Kent knows what he's talking about right now. But somehow we want to push, we want to run from suffering. The Bible says Jesus, though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. The cross is important in our life because it prepares us. It empowers us for what God wants to do in our lives. Excuse me. Get that's really good stuff right there, buddy. Just encouraging myself. Hang on. Self-help is no help at all. Self-sacrifice is the way. My way to finding yourself, your true self, what good would it do if you got everything you wanted but lost yourself? I don't know about you. I don't like being around people that get everything they want. They're normally not nice people. I honestly don't want anybody praying for me that's got all their prayers answered. I want somebody praying for me that knows what it's like to hold on in faith even though they had not got an answer. You know what I'm talking about? It's that suffering part of our life that allows us to move into this dominion of rest. Where we get to this place where none of these things move me anymore. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. I'm not afraid of loss because I'm deciding to go ahead and lose it. I'll never forget when I first got saved... Every demon that wasn't busy came to my house. I mean, my mind, I was coming off drugs and coming out of addiction, and my mind would just play havoc on me emotionally. I mean, I just turmoil, fears and phobias. And I, and I had the revelation that I, I didn't do drugs because I loved drugs. I, did, I realized I, I became a drug addict because I was full of fear. But as long as I was high, I didn't feel the fear. And now I wasn't high anymore, the fears started coming up. And I'm battling, they're raging in my mind. And I'll never forget, Bev's so profound. Where I'm sitting there with Bev, she goes, what is it? I said, I just feel like there's like this claw in my, I feel like I'm losing my mind. 
just like this, as calm as she could be, she said, well, why don't you just go ahead and lose it? She said, why are you fighting it? She said, if you'll go ahead and lose it, you'll probably get the mind of Christ. She said, quit fighting losing your mind. Just lose it and get the mind of Christ. Why are you trying to save it? Just lose it and get the mind of Christ. That right? I think it's right. And live in this place of rest. Dominion rest. There's some wars, there's some fights that get you there. But once you get there, it's a place of dominion rest. And it's based on that ultimate surrender, deep surrender, to Jesus being totally responsible for the outcome. During that time, I was losing my mind, worried about how I was going to stay sane, trying to pay the bills, trying to live under a, bit, a boatload of debt. Hearing God one day, the devil, you know, stress, anxiety. I come home, Josh, our oldest son, he's 13. I come home. He's sitting on the couch watching TV, eating chips. Talking about going crazy. I just like went crazy inside. Like, how is he just sitting there eating chips? Right? How's he doing that? He has no clue. Of course, now he's grown, got three kids of his own. He ain't eating chips no more. You know what I'm <laughs> <laughs> you know the story. And I'm sitting there and I'm just like going crazy now inside, like, God, you know, and just like this, the Lord says, I said, Lord, I mean, I'm having these dialogue inside. I think about printing a t shirt, say, Keep pushing me, you're going to get my inner dialogue. But anyway, <laughs> I thought it would be a great t shirt. Keep pushing me, you're going to get my inner dialogue. But anyway, I'm having this inner dialogue. And it's like the Lord said, Why is. Why do you think he's just sitting there eating chips? He ain't worried about the power bill. He's not worried about salary. He's not worried about you losing your mind. He's not worried about any of that. I said, why not? He said, because he trusts that you're taking care of it. You know what the Lord said to me? The Lord said, won't you just quit worrying and get you a bag of chips? Won't you just quit worrying and get you a bag of chips and just sit down? God's got this. I know this is not great New Year's message. Okay, wheat thins, we'll call it. <laughs> but that's dominion rest. That, mean, that doesn't mean that the circumstances aren't there. They're just not moving you. Because you're totally surrendered to believe that the goodness of God will be seen in the land of the living and Jesus is in total control of the outcome in your life and in my life and what we're going through. Come on, somebody. Let's praise him like we mean it this morning. Woo! I believe that. I don't have anything else clever to say. Stand up. <laughs> That's my story.
I think it's right. I think it's right. What I'm telling you is right. I missed the ball. We should have had bags of Lay's potato chips for everybody to leave today with. What a great application. Like, go home and eat this. But it's true, isn't it? It's true Christianity. It's true Christianity that there's two crosses. It's not just one cross having our sins forgiven. That's why we're, that's why we're pretty fouled up in most churches because we've only preached one cross. We preach, you know, that Jesus saves and everything else is going to be fine. That's not true. That's just not true. Actually, if you embrace the first cross, you're going to have more problems than you had before you got that cross. Because he'll start sending them to you. He will. Because he's going to mature you with it. Because he's got one goal. That at the end of the day, you're just like him. That's that second cross. That's that second cross when we die to ourselves. And that's when people look at you and they're like, how, do, how are they maintaining such peace in the midst of this storm? How did they survive that? surrendered totally to Jesus being in control of the outcome. I was praying for one of my children years back. Fearful prayers. Lord, fix them. <laughs> fix it. Help them. Help me. Lord, don't let anything bad happen to them and keep me from killing them. Don't let me be the bad thing that happens to them. You know those kind of prayers? Just like this, and he wasn't kind. Sometimes the Lord's not, I, I, I shouldn't say he wasn't kind. Wasn't nice. He's kind. God's kind, but he's not nice. So don't everybody tell you God's nice. God's not nice. Because if you're nice, you'll lie to people. you're kind, you'll tell them the truth in love. A big difference. That's another message, but that's a good one. You know, the Lord, He came straight to me. I'm praying these prayers. The Lord said, hey, how dare you? This is exactly how He talked to me. How dare you talk to me, the potter, about the clay? Why are you questioning me on what I'm making? I'm in control of your children's life. I'm forming and fashioning them into the people I want them to be, not into the people you want them to be. So why don't you take your hands off, let me keep my hands on, and you watch what I will do in this situation. Surrender. So I just really feel like there's a couple things we ought to pray today together. And the first one is the general prayer for all of us. 
that by, somehow we'll find the faith to surrender the outcome of our lives to Jesus. delivered from our delusions of what it's supposed to look like and trust that he is a good good father and that if we love our children how much more does he love them and, and that our love it says it's evil in comparison to his and relinquish the control of our lives to him so that we can find this place of dominion rest that none of these things move us anymore. So Father, we simply say today, like we came to that cross in our life, maybe years ago, maybe recently. Lord, now we come to that second cross. We say simply, Lord, we want to take today as we are entering into a new year here in this Gregorian calendar and surrender the outcome of our prayers, our faith, our lives totally into your hands. And we find the faith to do this because you loved us and you gave your life for us to prove you are trustworthy someone we could put our total faith and trust in you know exactly what we need you know exactly how much of it we need and you know exactly what needs to happen in our lives so we trust you with that and we decree as we enter into this year that we will move and live in this place called dominion rest rest on every side from our enemies that none of these things move us anymore thank you for the grace I hear this scripture in 1 Peter 5 I think it's verse 10 may the God of all grace after you have suffered a little while perfect you establish you strengthen you in this place called dominion rest Lord we thank you for that today we feel the rest of God on us now and we thank you for all the things that you've planned already for us this year we believe you've got great plans we believe there's plans of abundance Lord, we do not try to control the outcome. We place it totally in your hands today. Our family, our lives, our finances, our health, our emotional life, our careers, our future, our past, we lay it all in your hands. And we receive the rest. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and you will find rest souls we thank you for that today in Jesus name
just feel to pray one more prayer. You're here and you say, Kent, I've, I, 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 I got that, but I've never experienced the first cross. I've never truly given my life to Jesus Christ for forgiveness of sins. It's as simple as the prayer, Lord, I receive you. I receive your work on the cross. I receive the redemptive work of the cross. I receive the, for your suffering for the forgiveness of my sins and the deliverance of my soul. I receive the Holy Spirit to cause me to be awakened today, to be born again so my eyes are open so I can see the kingdom of God and see that I have a purpose and see that I have a destiny and see that I have a future in you. I receive the blood of Jesus as the sacrifice of my sins and the forgiveness of my sins. And I thank you today, Lord, that I am born again. I am saved in Jesus' name. It is just that simple any way you prayed it. So, Lord, we thank you for those prayers being answered today. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give the Lord one more hand of praise today? Isn't he great? So as you go out today, I decree dominion rest. Rest on every side for you and your family. I pray as you go and you step into your home after you leave here today that this rest just permeates your entire home and that the rest of God settles down on you and your family in this season in Jesus' name. Next week, I'm going to be talking to you about Martha, Martha. You are so troubled about so many things, but one thing is needed, and I'll tell you what that is next week. I love you. Be blessed. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to this message. If you are blessed by this message, you can give by visiting waio.org or by downloading the Wayo app and selecting Give. Don't forget to subscribe to this channel. Thanks.